It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And Merry Christmas to everybody. If you're listening, we are six days away from Christmas. Is that right? Is my math right on that? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So hope everybody's ready. Have you got all your gifts bought? I'm done. Are you? I'm done. I'm wrapped. I'm, I'm done. I'm almost done. Yeah. I still have a few gift cards and things like that to purchase, which I always wait kind till the last small minute things. to do this. I will say that Aaron probably still has a few things because I told him, I was like, I've got this and this for your family, but if you want to get anything else, and he waits until like, he's a Christmas Eve shopper. I mean, he's horrible. He's like I remember so last minute. My dad growing up was always a Christmas Eve oh, shopper. Like he and I would be out mm-hmm. last minute. Sorry, mom, but you know that we did it. <laughs> I'm sure you still got taken taken care of yes I just I told Aaron I'm like you can't like really plan and order things like if you really need to order something special or something you can't do that Christmas Eve so then you're kind of stuck with whatever whatever's left left. Mm -hmm. so that's what I always tell him I'm like you're I'm just stuck with whatever's left in the store by the time you go shopping but well that always have a good Christmas (laughs) what is Aaron's a pretty good gift buyer he is what is the best gift that you've ever gotten I don't mean to put you on the spot. And no. I don't want you to hurt anyone's feelings or anything. <laughs> Best gift. I've got a lot of good gifts. But if I'm just saying just from Aaron in general, I guess it's probably the earrings that he's bought me because he's he's got me some real nice diamond earrings a few times. And, that's, and I only wear really earrings. I'm not a big jewelry person. He bought me a nice diamond necklace and I hardly ever wear it. And he's like, I'll never buy you. I'm like, I'm just an earring girl. Like, that's mainly what I wear. So spend money on some earrings and... And that's what I wear. The earrings that he got me, geez, it's probably been three or four years ago now. He got me some, and I wear them every day. So that's what I'm always like, give me some earrings. Yes. that's. I don't have a lot of real jewelry, I yeah. guess. But when I do, I wear it to death. But uh-huh. Diamond necklace, Derek got me one one year, which I think it actually probably wasn't for Christmas. And when our cousin Candace got married, I had taken that necklace off, and I put it somewhere so I would not lose it. You didn't lose it, did you? I lost it. You still haven't found it? I still haven't found it. I'm still hopeful that one day I will run across it, but I don't know where I put it. And that's been, goodness, five, no, that's been probably eight years ago, something like that. Did you, because y'all had just moved, right? I think. Because y'all were in your new house when she got married. Were we? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we were. I guess we had just I remember moved. coming back over maybe and seeing your house after her That's right. Shower. That's right. I don't know. But oh, man. I hope it turns up. I know. There's been a lot of good gifts. Like, my, my mom, she goes way overboard. Uh-huh. I bet your mom does, too. Well, and that's <laughs> when I think about my childhood, which this is going to be a weird, probably, gift, but... When I was younger, you remember the tennis bracelets? Oh, yes. That was a I big deal. I got one, too. Big deal. So I got mm-hmm. one one year, and this maybe this just goes to show you, like, what kind of person I I lost that. 
It fell off. I mean, it wasn't I my fault. Like I feel like I lost it mine It fell too. off my wrist. Yeah. And I was devastated. Yeah. Um, and I want to say it was just like right after Christmas or like, I mean, it was very soon after I got it. But the following year, because my parents were like, you're never getting yeah. another one. <laughs> but we had opened up all of our gifts. And I just remember we were living in an apartment that year because our house was being built. And I was sick as a dog that year. But I had opened up all of my gifts. And my dad said, look on the Christmas tree. And draped on the tree, they had um, another Aww. tennis bracelet. And I still have it. Aww. So that was, gosh, 25 years ago, I guess. Wow. But I still I still have that one. Well, that's um, why they would, mom would buy me nice earrings and stuff. And I swear I would always lose one. <laughs> yes. I don't know what it yes. is. And finally she was like, I'm not buying you nothing else until you can. I said, I don't know what happens. Like it just falls out of my ear. That's what Derek has told me. He said he's done buying me jewelry <laughs> because I lose everything. But then I've kept my diamond earrings and things like that. So you'd be like, I've so, proved myself, right? I've proved I've gotten I better. I've proved myself. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I, I hate that about myself that I lose things. Oh, like I know. That. It makes me so I do too. Because I know when Aaron and I first started dating, he had bought me a pair of hoops. And I wore them for a long time, but then I lost one of those. And I was <laughs> devastated. And I was like, he's never going to buy me anything ever again. It's the most but heartbreaking it thing. It is, because you don't mean to. But that's why I have jewelry insurance. So. Well, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I do on some, but not on, on all of mine. I Maybe bet. I should insure everything. I don't know. Insure it all, and then at least if you lose something, at least it can be replaced. That's true. Well, we have talked about some of the great gifts that we have been yes. given, but today we're going to talk about the greatest gift of all, and that's the gift of Jesus himself. That's right. The Savior of the world who took on flesh so that we can one day go to him. But before we look further into scripture, let's just talk about some of the controversy that surrounds Christmas. Like, was Jesus really born on December the 25th? And according to gotquestions.org, what is probably the first mention of Jesus' birth on December 25th dates back to the 3rd century. So the first advent of our Lord in the flesh when he was born in Bethlehem is recorded as Wednesday, December the 25th. The earliest mention of some sort of observance on that day goes back to the year 336. And here are some of the reasons why it is believed that we celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th. And number one is that December 25th is nine months after March 25th, which is calculated to be the date of the Passover on which Jesus would have been conceived. So according to another tradition, March 25th was the anniversary of the creation of the world. And I don't, we don't know if any of this is right. true. These are just all speculations. Um, but that's similar to the first reason is that Jesus would have been conceived on March 25th. And then nine months to that would have been December 25th. And then number three, and this is where some would say that the origins of celebrating Christmas is tied to a pagan celebration, is that December 20, 25th coincided with a pagan festival celebrating the winter solstice. So there are several reasons why we celebrate December 25th and set it aside as the day of Jesus's birth. Some would argue that Jesus would more likely have been born in the fall because it would have been too cold for the shepherds to keep watch over their flock at night. However, other theories dispute this and there's some historical evidence that unblemished lambs for the temple sacrifice were in fact kept in the fields during the winter months. So I say all of that in the end, we don't know yeah. the exact date of Jesus' birth. But I love this quote. The fact is, he was born, he came into the world to atone for our sins, he was resurrected to eternal life, and he is alive today. 
This is what we should celebrate. As we are told in the Old Testament in such passages as Zechariah 2.10, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. Further, the angel that announced the birth to the shepherds brought good tidings of great joy to all people, according to Luke 2.10. Surely here is the cause for celebration every day, not just once a year. But, you know, I would also add a day where millions of people come together to recognize the birth of our Savior. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Yes. I'm going to celebrate, and I will continue to celebrate it because we have so much to rejoice in. So, Ashley, let's just go ahead and dive into Scripture by looking back at the Old Testament regarding the prophecy of Jesus. Okay, so the first reference of the coming Messiah goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15, which is estimated to be approximately 1,500 years before Jesus was born. After Adam and Eve sinned against God, God indicates that a Savior would come from a woman. It says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The heel of Jesus would be bruised through his death, but ultimately Jesus will crush the head of Satan. There are other references to one who will come, but Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9, 6 in a very familiar passage of scripture. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah gives us a glimpse of the humanity of Jesus by referencing a child but also a look at the deity of Jesus as the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isaiah even prophesied again in chapter 53 of how Jesus would die for our sins. And then in Micah 5.2, he prophesied of where Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But thou, Bethlehem, thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, From everlasting, God had a plan, and Jesus was the answer to reconcile the broken relationship that sin caused between us and God back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. You know, and I think sometimes because our Bible is compiled into one book, we forget that these were different individual books. These were writers that, and and men that prophesied thousands and hundreds of years before Jesus came. And we just have this compilation now, but it's actually many different books. So it's just, I don't know. I just find it intriguing, you know, when you think about it that way. So when we consider Old Testament prophecy, Derek teaches an Old Testament survey course. And one thing he always shares is that the Old Testament is the progressive revelation of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament points us to the coming of Christ, and all throughout the Old Testament, we see Jesus being revealed. And then that brings us to Matthew and Luke, who reveals to us the presence of Jesus in flesh. So we see the prophecy of Jesus throughout Old Testament, and then in the Gospels, we get to experience the presence of Jesus through his birth. Matthew and Luke both have their version of the birth of Jesus, as we've talked about a few weeks ago. But let's read Luke's account together. And every year on Christmas, our tradition in our family is to read the story Mm -hmm. of the birth of Jesus on Christmas Eve night. And sometimes we get so caught up in gifts for one another and all of that. But this is why we celebrate. It's all because of Jesus. Jesus is the reason for Christmas. So let's begin reading Luke 
chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So here are a couple of things for us to recognize out of this passage. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And Ashley, didn't you just read in Micah that he prophesied the location of Jesus's birth? Mm -hmm. Also, I find this interesting. Bethlehem means house of bread. And in John 6, 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And that's not just a coincidence. No, none of this is a coincidence. (laughs) And after 400 years of silence from God, here he is. The Messiah has finally come. The world was full of darkness, and in Isaiah 9-2, it says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. And the light of the world has come to give us hope and life to all who believe in him. It should be through his son, Jesus Christ, that God would bring light to a dark world and illuminate a path to make our way to him and escape the penalty of sin. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The one who would live a perfect, sinless life to bear our sin and take the penalty for each of us so that we might live and have eternal life. He's here. That's right. One of the most quoted scriptures tells us that in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus took on flesh, made himself lower than the angels as we talked about last week, all for us because of his love for each of us. Jesus was born so that he could die, that we might live. And we celebrate the birth of Christ with the anticipation of his second coming in mind. We see the prophecy of Jesus in the Old Testament, the presence of Jesus in the Gospels, and then throughout the New Testament, we can look with hope for the promise of his return. In John 14, 1 through 4, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. I've got to share this story about this verse of Scripture. Every time I hear it, Um, My grandfather, Paul Paul Ransom, and he was a Baptist preacher Mm -hmm. and um, pastored for many, many years. But in his latter years, he had dementia. But this was his favorite verse of scripture. And so we would sit in church sometimes, and he was no longer 
preaching and probably not always in his right mind, but he would just sit there and he would quote this verse of scripture. So every time I hear this, I think about him because it's just, it was ingrained in him that Jesus was going to prepare a place for us. And he just, even when maybe he couldn't remember who all of us were, he still remembered this verse of scripture. So anyway, that's just a side note, but it just has a special place in my heart every time I hear that verse of scripture. And I think so many times we think of it as just a funeral verse. But right. it should be just a verse of hope, yes. right? That he's going to prepare a place for us and yes. he's coming back again. And then we see in Matthew twenty four twenty seven, it says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Hebrews nine twenty eight says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Revelation 1 7 says, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Yes, Jesus came as a humble baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid in a manger to a poor Jewish couple. But when he returns, he will come to take his rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and because of his birth, In the fulfilling of prophecy, we can also anticipate his second coming one day soon. Praise the Lord. Praise God for that. (laughs) So I know you talked about how y'all read the the Christmas story on Christmas Eve. That's Mm kind of like your tradition. Is there anything else y'all do? Do y'all, have y'all ever gone to like any nativities or done anything like that? You know, I mean, we kind of take it year by year, I guess. Yeah, we've done a couple of live nativity scenes and things like that. We always, of course... If our own church has a Christmas play, which we're doing on Christmas Eve morning, yeah, um, that'll be exciting. I'm glad to get that over with because I'm (laughs) in that and just I'm ready to. I always get nervous with that kind of stuff. But um, Aaron and I, we actually the other weekend did two nativities in one night. So we did. We went to um, the one down the street from us. So there is a church here in Jefferson that's just right down the road from us that puts on a live nativity every year. And ever since we've been living in Jefferson, we're like, we're going to make it. And we never do. It's always Mm -hmm. raining or somebody's sick. This (laughs) year, we finally made it. And it was so good. Um, And they only do it, I think, just like over the weekend and maybe a few days during the week. But it was so good. I highly recommend if you're in the Jefferson area next year, check it out. Put it on your calendar. They did a great job. Um, And then we took off from there and went to Dawsonville. So the one that Bethel Baptist Church does oh, okay. in Dawsonville. And y'all, if you have never, if you're kind of close to the area, I mean, it's a good hour drive for us, but it's so good. If you've never seen, you've probably never seen anything like this. I mean, you get loaded up on a tractor on a huge trailer oh, wow. with a bunch of people and they have a bunch of land and they have all these buildings set up that you ride through all their property and you go to all kinds of the different scenes for the nativity but they also include the last supper and jesus's death and his resurrection and the resurrection part like they literally have jesus ascending out of the ground oh it's amazing so if y'all next year you'll have to put it on your calendars they only do it one weekend out of the year bethel baptist church in dawsonville they do an amazing job with their nativity but I like to go to different churches and see yeah. what they do. Last year, we did the um, production from 
free chapel. They put oh, on a okay. really good one. Oh, I bet that was good. good. Yeah, it was really good. And so many of them do like the nativity that was here in Jefferson. It was different. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, it was kind of a different take on some things. Um, it was good, but some people can kind of do it a little different. So it's yeah. kind of neat to see how they do it. But well, what's the purpose for us talking about this today? The birth of Jesus isn't just about a baby born. It's about the Savior of the world putting on flesh so that he could conquer death, hell, and the grave all for us. And our celebration of Christmas isn't just about a tradition and family. While all of that can be good and all of those things that we talked about are fun and exciting, but it's about rejoicing over the good tidings of great joy that was shared over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born, and now we can look up with hope for his return for his bride. That's exactly right. So what's the challenge for us this week and this Christmas season? And Well, as you celebrate the birth of our Savior this Christmas season, don't only look back to a baby born and laid in a manger, but look ahead in anticipation of his second coming to take his place as ruler and king over all. And if you've placed your trust in him as your savior, then rejoice that he's coming back for you one day. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. You know, but not only that, because he came to earth to shine light in the darkness, he has left us his Holy Spirit that indwells within every believer. And now he declares to us that we are now the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So he came as the light of the world. And now because he left his Holy Spirit, we now get to shine light in a dark world. And that's really what it's all about. It is what it's all about. That's what it's all about, Charlie Brown. That's what I just keep thinking of with a Christmas story. Yeah, and I know this has been a shorter um, lesson, but I think that we've taken the time this Christmas season just to look at, you know, all that took place for the birth of Jesus. And then next week, we're going to look at what happens after that through the shepherds and the wise men. So I'm excited about that episode as well. Tabitha, if you don't mind, I'd love to end with a word of prayer, with this being the week of Christmas, just to pray for our listeners this week. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today. Lord, we thank you so much for this time of year that we get to celebrate the birth of your son. And so, God, we just thank you for sending Jesus to be the Savior of the world. And may we remember him and celebrate him during this Christmas season. Lord, I pray for those who may be going through a difficult time during this season, Lord, and I pray that you would just wrap your loving arms around them and that they would just feel your presence during this time. God, we thank you for all that you've done, and we just praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. We hope that each and every one of you have a very Merry Christmas. We will see you back here again next week. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.